0: Welcome to Influence, the podcast that dives deep into the heart of influencer marketing and the creator economy with the people who know it best. This podcast is hosted by Powder, where streamers can search their best moments to find short, shareable stream clips with AI. And I'm your host, Alyssa Goldberg. It's January, 2024, and we are so excited to welcome our guest today. Reed Trimble, the vice president of partnerships at Bad Moon Talent. He specializes in sponsorships and working directly with talent and has worked with over 200 brands like Kellogg's. He's based in Toronto, Canada, and we are so excited to have him on the show today. Welcome, Reed. It's a pleasure to have you with us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me.
0: Can you tell me a little bit about how you started at Bad Moon? And I know that your background is in sports, uh, and then you migrated over to esports and then to talent management. Can you tell me a little bit about how that went? I know it was a couple of uh, serendipitous encounters that that drove some of that.
1: Uh, Probably back in in college. So I was a sport management major thinking that my career path would be more of a, you know, Ari Gold in the sports realm. So, you know, the next, I'm from Canada. So the next, you know, NHL agent and and whatnot, those dreams were put to a halt when I learned, you know, a law degree is usually what is required to take that next jump into Mm. the agency world. Um, So when I graduated, I actually took a year off when traveling, uh, came back, you know, was working a sales job and had an opportunity to move to New York uh, and sort of cut my teeth in the sports industry. Uh, b- before moving, I had transitioned to a digital marketing job that was growing online brands for uh, professional athletes. So back when Facebook was relevant, uh, you know, we took their Facebook pages and grew them for the athletes, helped manage mm-hmm. their Twitter posts, basically just content curation and division in, for, for the, the talent. So um, my niche was NFL athletes, so names like Odo Beckham Jr., Richard Sherman, Patrick Peterson, big names at the time, still big names right now, were all under our roster. And the difference was, you know, we were kind of uh, growing these pages, but I was searching for something beyond just like growing light counts and content curation. So figured New York is kind of the mecca of sports entertainment, and if I can find a career or a job or anything to do with sports down there, yeah. like, you know, that would set myself up for success. You could make it
0: there. You could make it anywhere, <laughs> should I say? <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. During that time, I just kind of used the free time I had to, to network as much as possible. And I ended up meeting a couple of individuals in the eSports space at the time and Mm. I had been playing a lot of Overwatch and, uh, you know, was pretty familiar with the gaming ecosystem but less with the eSports ecosystem. And lucky enough, uh, the Overwatch Grand Finals, the eSports tournament was uh, actually at Barclays Center in New York that year, so I got invited to go out, experience my first eSport event for the first time and said, you know, holy bleep, this is... (laughs) insane you know i think it was a sold out crowd uh, and i looked at this and said okay you know this is clearly something that's here to stay it's dynamic it's exciting uh it's not sort of stuck in the old traditional ways that the Mm. sports industry has been a part of for so long and uh, i can really sink my teeth into this because you know there's no there's not as much structure and there's more uh availability for you know Trailblazers and Pioneers, et cetera. Um, So I essentially just dove into kind of the gaming, uh, esports and and, and streaming ecosystem and was doing odd jobs from like setting up Fortnite tournaments to teaching people how to write esports the correct way. And (laughs) honestly, what my strength was given my sales background was working with influencers, streamers, or personalities and pitching them and. Creating uh, being a matchmaker between them and and brands so. I started doing more and more sort of like freelance, building up that portfolio. I moved back to Toronto where I'm from. And a couple months later, Bad Moon was started by our two co-founders, Andrew Drake, Bryce Ficento. I had knew, known them from the industry, just like kind of being around um, the gaming gaming space at that time. So I figured there's a, two good dudes doing some really good work and 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 some, two people I wanna be attached to. So I messaged Andrew and I think three months after that, you know we're playing golf and i won him uh, a a double tournament and from from then on i was hired at bad moon and you know the rest is history
0: i know that you are also like a lol fan and a pokemon fan um, what if you had to identify as a champion as a lol champion oh uh, which one would you be
1: that's a uh, that's a good or question or a pokemon
0: you can you could pick you could pick either one up to you
1: well, my favorite Pokemon is Gengar, but I don't know if I'd identify as him because he's a bit of a uh, a troublemaker, but... Um, <laughs> oh, Wait, sure why is this. Gengar
0: your favorite Pokemon?
1: You know what? The more I think about it, he's a little bit mischievous, but in a fun and exciting way. So yeah. I don't want to put myself out there and say I'm mischievous in the work environment because that's not really uh, a good selling point for myself. But what I will say is... um. <laughs> He uh, he shows up where when needed. Um, if Very you true. are a fan of the Pokemon series and you've watched a lot of the uh, anime, um, Ash, Ketchum, our, our our you know favorite ten year old Pokemon trainer that never ages um, uses Gengar a lot in <laughs> tricky situations. So I would say, yep. uh, but you know on the back end uh Gengar keeps it light and you know fun on the home front right so I'd say you know that's a good representation of myself I try not to take anything too seriously and unless it needs to be taken serious and you know uh we're a pretty small team over at Batman Talent so keeping uh keeping vibes high keeping morale high um a lot of that comes down to you know making sure uh, everybody feels welcome. Everybody feels excited to be there. I identify a lot with some of the traits that Gengar represents. A lot of good points to to sell Gengar to people, and <laughs> you know, I hope I do a good job of representing him uh, in in you know day to day life.
0: I'm sure he'd be happy to hear your your <laughs> kudos. Um, but you you mentioned that one of your best skills is. Uh, is creating opportunities and finding unique solutions to problems uh, that in, that involve connecting brands and influencers. How do you go about identifying the right talent and deliverables for a brand? How do you match them effectively, and what kinds of factors are you usually taking into consideration?
1: Honestly, it's, it's a, a backwards approach to kind of what the brand is looking for, right? So if a brand reaches out to, to us, Usually we get two types of inquiries. One is more of like a one and done. The brand has the brief, they have the creative, they have everything set out. They're just looking for the talent to to fill that void. And in that case, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot easier. Uh, Because they have all the parameters set out, they have exactly Mm. what they're looking for. For me, it's just looking at our roster and saying, okay, you know, they're looking for a tech creator who who specializes in short form content based in LA that has worked with X brand before. Okay, like... Mm sounds good. I have four people that would fit that that bill. I like to position myself and where things get fun is a brand comes to, to us and says, we want to activate with gamers. Our initiative is female focused, but other than that, like, you know, we don't really know, or we'd love your recommendations." So then I can kind of um, chat with them and be like, okay, you know, what are your KPIs for the campaign? Are you looking for brand awareness? Are you looking for sales? Are you looking for um PR right from there I you know double down and say are you uh you know a lot of brands are interested in 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 POC or LGBT or any of these sort of subsets of of creator um and I really get to the soup and nuts of it so that the people that I do present are exactly what they're looking for rather than okay here's just like 10 names or 50 names of female creators on our roster. That's how I think I've positioned our agency and how we work with brands a little bit differently is we try and get as finite as possible on the request so that the talent that we do send is talent that actually matters. You know, we've been on the receiving end of of talent rosters sometimes uh, because we do work with brands in more of a 360 mm-hmm. capacity and nothing grinds my gears more than getting an Excel sheet of like a hundred names and being like, okay, well, what, what yeah, am now I need supposed to, watch to do the with footage this, right? for 100 yeah, people exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I, yep. I think I've, you know, I've been those. on, the, I've been on the receiving. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, if I can make my, if I can make the person receiving my emails job easier, then I think everyone wins. So that's why I ask important questions. That's why I try and get as finite as possible and ultimately you know, highlight a couple of creators rather than, hey, here's our entire roster and you do the work.
0: And for creators that are part of Bad Moon Talent, I guess how how do you guys go about identifying who's a good creator for you guys to represent? And then also, I know that um, you know at the end of every year, you're you're also thinking about who, who's really crushing it this year. You know, who do you need to have a tougher conversation with? How do you? What does success look like for a creator who's part of the Bad Moon Talent uh, family or umbrella?
1: I think, you know, success is never any more tied to follower count. We have a very wide range of talent on our roster. Uh, from 50,000 followers up to, you know, 8 million followers. What we do as an agency is we try and treat everyone the same. And, you know, when we are looking for talent, there are really two factors that we look for. Um, the first is work ethic, actually. Um, so, insane. you know, you could be the biggest creator. And we have worked with large creators before um, that don't really share this, you know, they don't treat it like a job. And I know that sounds a little bit harsh because, you know, they're creators and they're influencers and they're, you know, creating all this amazing content, but ultimately like our most successful creators are the ones that are doing it full time and you know treating it like a career. The ones that don't have that, that, that drive or that work ethic, either on the content creation side or on the brand side, you know, it's, it's tough to work with them because. get them a brand deal with a fortune 500 brand and you know they don't get their deliverables done on time Mm. or their drafts are are you know not as good as the brand hoped and because they don't really have a dog in the fight and we are sort of the middleman there it's created some tension in in the past so you know what we've learned is if they're not bought in 100 on 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 content creation or or you know their career path then it can provide a difficult environment for us to do our job effectively. So that's something that we look for is, you know, that drive and that that work ethic as a number one. And number two, just, you know, uniqueness of content is, as well as growth. Um, we don't care if you're, if you have 20,000 followers, but if you have been like, hey, I've been growing, you know, 500% month over month uh, and you're doing something unique within the gaming space or just the content creation space in general, like, you know, that is a recipe for success in our mind. Um, yeah. we've worked with a lot of people that started out in the, you know, less than a hundred K range that are now at, you know, the 4 million, 5 million plus range, and it takes time, but you know, our goal, uh, is to identify those talents from the get-go, uh, and work with them to mature their careers and to mature, you know, their, uh, ability to, to, to grow. So. We're not an agency that reps, you know, Ninja or Pokemane or any of these kind of like a plus plus tier tier talent. We're an agency that, you know, identifies diamonds in the roughs and, and, and polishes them into, you know, really, really solid content creators.
0: Totally. Uh, I think that's a really interesting point that, that you bring up that sometimes identifying. I mean, I think kind of everyone wants to identify the next big thing early on. Mm. But there is still a lot of art involved in kind of cultivating that talent and making sure that, um, I mean, of course, they can they can do it themselves if they're growing quickly before they even find you. But you can help them reach new heights uh, by kind of coaching them along the way and by providing them with relevant support and management and connecting them with sponsors who can help them make it a career. What mm-hmm. kinds of advice do you give to, to creators who are, I don't know, between... 20k and 100k uh, followers who really want to reach that million threshold who want to quit their day jobs and be a full-time content creator are there do you guys provide a playbook do you how do you kind of think about uh, working with them and their and their and their careers uh, I guess it's not so different than working in a corporate environment to the extent that everyone has their own goals and ambitions but you also need yeah. to Make sure that you're balancing the company objectives as well so uh, anyway i'm just thinking through that but no. i'm really curious to hear uh how, how you think about that
1: yeah i wouldn't say there's a there's a playbook um and i'd be lying if i'm some sort of growth hack content you know guru who can take you from from 20k to 1 million but yeah a couple of pieces of advice that that i do give creators um because we, we have conversations with creators that we don't ultimately sign, um, but you know, are still uh, trying to make it uh, as a full-time career. And the advice I give them is, um, one, on the content side, uh, just leverage TikTok short form content. Uh, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts and TikTok are by far the fastest growing platforms, um, to, to you know, the easiest platforms to grow on um and are also seeing the most brand spend in terms of dollars so our largest and, and top earners aren't even streamers anymore they're strictly so short interesting. form content um so just understanding that short form content is kind of the new wave of content consumption for people um is you know very important because there are three platforms that can all operate in the same function it makes zero sense if you're on tiktok not to cross post to instagram rails and youtube shorts like that's doesn't really take that much effort you can find yourself like a cheap editor or something like that for youtube if you really need it but that's the easiest way to grow your overall audience, if you're not doing short form content, do short form content. And if you're doing short form content, make sure you're posting for, to all three platforms. And then from a brand perspective, our top earners aren't our uh, you know, biggest follower count. A follower yep. count just doesn't really make, it makes a difference, but not in the same way as it once did. Uh, the people that earn the most are the people that create the best content. So focus on really quality, quality content rather than like viral content. And if you are pitching yourself to a brand, start with the brands that you actually care about, don't, you know, think, okay, I know McDonald's is like got a million dollar budget. So I'm going to like pitch myself <laughs> to McDonald's when, you know, you've never eaten a big Mac in your life, like that just won't fly. So what I suggest is actually creating content, evergreen or organic content for the brand first, we did a deal with Chick. Uh, the razor company uh, yep. last year. And that was because, you know, we had an influencer actually do a Movember campaign or, or, or some sort of like actually trim his mustache up with a chick razor tagged cool. him in the post. And then what I did is I took that post and I, I sent it to my shit contact and said, Hey, look, like Danny's already using Chic stuff. Like let's make something happen. And next thing, you know, two weeks later, we have a deal on the table. So creating content for brands organically will just bolster your case. And ultimately, a lot of you know that a social media manager is managing that account anyway. So chances are they're probably going to see that tag or see that content and and you'll be on their radar. So that, again, is the easiest way for creators to, uh, to, to work with brands is instead of DMing them, just create a piece of content like Hey, you really like Lululemon shorts? Like while you're working out, create a piece of workout content, and chances are they might see it. Those are my kind of two pillars of 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 advice that I would give to creators. If somebody finds the the magic elixir to to gaining followers, let me know because uh, <laughs> yeah, happily... everyone's
0: searching for this <laughs> uh, magical <laughs> exactly. elixir. In your experience, can you share an example where maybe uh, in there was an unconventional match between a brand and an influencer that turned out to be Super successful. I know that you were mentioning a lot of brands of course chase follower count Um, And of course, we've all heard like okay follower count doesn't matter that much But then people start to drill down on what they think might help match their brand better. Okay, it's Someone who plays this kind of game who's based in this geography who has X number of followers but maybe they're not seeing another dimension to what a certain content creator can bring. Um, it, do you have you worked on a campaign where it was unexpected? it was kind of a brand that you weren't sure how it would reach a gaming audience, and somehow it worked really well.
1: So Dyson actually comes to mind. Uh, we did a campaign with them last year, I believe, or maybe two years ago. Uh, COVID, you know, has my brain in in. in
0: <laughs> I know in that. A, in a jumble. We lost sometimes. a few years back yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, But, you know, Dyson, probably not a brand that you associate with gaming in in any capacity, but um, I I had a great conversation with uh, one of their product managers and marketing managers about, you know, the gaming audience. And uh, realistically, the gaming audience has one of the highest spending powers uh, out of any audience within, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, retail marketing. So, for, for me, it, it kind of made sense. It was, you know, gamers love to spend money on tech that they really like. Dyson is a really quality brand. And there are Dyson products that uh, gamers would be excited about, you know, namely the air purifiers. Uh, because, you know, as we all know, a lot of gamers will be in a confined space for long periods of time. So What we did is we actually um, did a seating program with them where we sent uh, a number of air purifiers out to pro esports players, gaming personalities, Twitch streamers, anyone that kind of had a lot of that PC dust flying around. Uh, and it was, it was simple. It was, (laughs) you know, Hey, product for post, post on Twitter, post on Instagram, no sort of like hard deliverables. Uh, and we saw some amazing, amazing results. Um, tons of engagement, fans and, and 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 communities that they had were, you know, really excited about the product. And on top of that, which was kind of the cherry on top was, you know, a lot of their own peers, you know, pro players, um, other streamers, everyone was like, Oh, my God, like, how do I get one? Like, I need this, this needs to be an essential in my setup, like, I'm, you know, I have allergies from all the dust that I'm consuming, so <laughs> yeah. it was it was one of those things that I had uh, sneaking suspicion the gaming audience would love it, and you know it paid off in in, in spades. And uh, we're doing another campaign with them now. You know, we just wrapped something during the holiday season, but it was a good introduction to a brand that I think was not you know fully sold on the gaming audience because they're like, how does an air purifier ever relate to like. A gamer but in reality framing it as like an essential for any sort of like serious gaming setup has proven to be really successful and really organic as well
0: well so it's the beginning of the year i've been thinking a lot about i mean i guess everyone's been thinking about like resolutions and and trends and kind of what's coming for for the new year how How is Bad Moon talent evolving as a talent agency in terms of marketing position and platform focus going into the new year? What do you guys have on your radar?
1: So we had a lot of success last year, again, with short form content, so I think we're continuing the trend of you know finding and prioritizing. TikTok creators, YouTube creators, Instagram creators, those sorts of stuff. We are transitioning more out of the gaming space to what I would say, like gaming adjacent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're more interested in signing like lifestyle creators and people who have maybe a gaming background or have been a streamer in the past, um, but now have brands outside of gaming in fashion, lifestyle, tech, those sorts of avenues, also focusing quality over quantity. So we've identified a couple of key individuals on our roster that are are great to work with, they're high earners. um, And we want to work with more of those people. So, you know, focusing more on signing key people, key creators in in 2024, rather than sort of a mass, um, you know, approach to it is I think, something that we're doing. And uh, beyond that, giving our creators a higher level of service. So actually attaching, you know, multiple people to each creator, um, whether that be an account manager, a, uh, a brand manager, etc., cetera. Just having, you know, more people in their corner to, to deliver a, a higher level of, of, of service is important to us th- this year. So that's kind of what we have planned for the talent agency side. I would say in other parts of the business, Uh, We were really successful in activating TikTok campaigns for brands last Mm. year. So I think we ran close to to 15 campaigns um, that were, you know, 360 marketing um, soup to nuts. You know, we created the concepts, the influencer briefs, uh, all the way to running the actual paid media through Spark ads for TikTok. So What we learned was because we have such a strong roster, it makes sense in a lot of cases to, for a brand or for an, uh, an ad agency to you know work with one partner rather than six or seven partners. And we've been able to, to drive a lot of success for brands. So we're going to be continuing to kind of expand that media division in, in 2024. So yeah. Quality over quantity talent, um, just growing our roster that way, more media and, and, and TikTok campaigns for brands and, and, and those offerings. Um, we're exploring stuff in TikTok shop right now, which is a whole different kettle of fish. And then, you know, opportunities to, to work with brands in, in more of a consulting capacity just to, to bring them into uh, the fold and, and, and give them the the right tools and set them up for success Um, Not just in gaming, but you know the creator economy in general.
0: Totally. Um, I have three follow-up questions I feel like you uh, you elaborated on a bunch of really interesting things there. The first is Why why the expansion beyond gaming? What have you guys been observing in the industry that makes it? uh, more interesting going into the new year to seek out kind of what i guess everyone refers to as non-endemic gaming brands
1: well people forget that gaming is the largest entertainment uh, industry in the entire world Um, it's bigger than the movie and music industry combined so i think what you know we don't want to lose our roots um we're still gamers that represent gamers that's that's who we are but, you know, we've noticed that the the gamer is not just the gamer anymore, right?
0: Uh, Absolutely. Know,
1: I don't know what the statistics are these days, but I'm assuming like 90% of the U.S. aged, uh, you know, 10 to, to 35 are, are playing video games at some point during the week, right? So, you know, that's capsulating 90% of the audience that brands are looking for. So for us, it's, again, what we've noticed is, you know, the hardcore gaming influencer is just not what brands or what, you know, people are consuming anymore. You think back on on the days of COVID and, of course, Call of Duty and Counter-Strike and Valorant, like everyone was exposed to it. So yep. influencers like Shroud, influencers like It's Timmy, um, all those sort of hardcore, like, you know, I'm going to get on stream and, you know, talk to you about slide canceling and mechanics and stuff like that. I think those days are dwindling. Now, you know, that's nothing is not to say like those those talent won't exist and they will continue to exist and they're great creators. But in in our experience, you know, we do have a couple of those talent on our roster and, you know, they're just not doing the same amount they they're not having the same amount of success, both from like a growth perspective, but also from a brand perspective that they once did. Mm -hmm. And you know what I think more people are consuming are, you know, those creators that uh, are teaching people how to build their dream gaming setup, or, um, you know, cosplay is a big thing as well, right? So it's these gaming adjacent sort of avenues that we're identifying as, as more of a um, sustainable and successful path for content creators. Um, so that's kind of where our focus lies. When it comes to either signing new talent or curating our talent within our roster to say, "Hey, you know, I know you're you're streaming Call of Duty eight hours a day, but maybe you should do some videos around like a day in the life or yeah. some vlog content, or uh, you know, I know you like to work out, like take some photos at the gym, right? Like people want to see behind the scenes content these days, and I think um, that's where our, our focus lies."
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting because I think uh, gaming is unique in that most of the biggest creators are people who Became big because they had a very specific skill Initially, whereas yeah. in other sectors like in beauty or food It's often about the lifestyle that that start it starts as the lifestyle and then they kind of uh, narrow down on, on a niche um, and I think that in gaming it's it's kind of moving in the other direction where It's true, like, everyone has a full, complete, dynamic life. You have your family life, maybe you have a pet that you really love, You exactly as you mentioned, you go to the gym, you are a student or something. Um, And getting that 360 perspective on the creator as a full person opens up a ton of opportunities and also helps people kind of uh, prolong their career because they can find many other avenues to grow into if they're just not interested in the same game ten years later. I think that's uh, something that's really interesting. And I I didn't hear it articulated that that way uh, before. So thanks for that one. Um, I think that my other question from what you were saying is you were mentioning how you you want to focus on quality over quantity. How do you go the extra mile for the influencers on your roster who you know are rock stars?
1: We try and treat our influencers like friends and family. you know i don't think there's a single day goes by where our influencers don't hear from us at least once a day so you know from from a brand perspective like we handle their schedules their deliverable dates communications with the brands uh, essentially everything that they that you know they need is is set up there uh for them but you know i think beyond that uh we want to provide you know opportunities that they don't have or might not have if you know we didn't exist. So getting them into movie premieres, getting them a YouTube editor instead of them going on Twitter and trying to find someone randomly, right? So um, it's really us tailoring our approach to exactly what each creator is looking for because each creator is different, right? We have some talent that you know live in LA and want to be invited to all the parties and want to yep. get into this event and whatnot. Um, don't really care that much like they edit their own content so they don't need that you know sort of support whereas we have other creators who need four or five editors and need support finding those people or you know have issues with a platform where their content mm-hmm. got flagged uh for you know no reason and stuff like that so it's really just us having the ability to to meet the creator where their needs are and offer them a service that, you know, really is kind of like a boxing coach or someone in their corner, right? Just tell them totally. what to do, when to do it and how to do it. Uh, and just be, you know, a voice of support. Like a, a lot of the times it's really tough to be a content creator, right? Yeah. Uh, to be an internet personality is not easy. So just having a team behind you that's going to support you no matter what is, I think, um, a large part of why... Our retention rate with clients is so high everyone gets the extra mile in a different way if that makes sense yeah Um, it
0: it definitely does and
1: you know it's our philosophy to make sure that you know our creators are happy and if they're not they have the ability to to speak out about it and say hey guys like i want some more support on this or you guys aren't doing a good job in here um and that's something that we pride ourselves on is that transparency and that uh you know, communication aspect that we do have with our clients.
0: Oh, it makes perfect sense. And then you also had mentioned uh, that, I mean, TikTok has been a really successful platform for you. Uh, You've been looking into TikTok Shop, for example. That's one of the the latest features that's been going wild, especially like uh, post-holiday season. How are you thinking about that? Have you started using it with your talent? Um, what opportunities do you think are there? I want to hear your thought process on this because I'm still kind of getting acquainted with it myself.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So TikTok and TikTok shop, their goal is to bridge the gap between social media and e-com to where, you know, instead of going to Amazon to pick up a product, they you're searching in TikTok for a product and, uh, don't quote me on this. I think I'll have to Google the article afterwards. But there's a uh, there was a study that came out recently that um, TikTok is has as many mobile searches as Google does with some oh, yeah. demographic. I think it's you know Gen Z or whatever. Um, and you're starting to see it. They've they set up the 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 platform so that when you watch a video, the at the very bottom, before you load up the comments. There's a search bar that's what yep. people are searching for that video. So their entire goal for 2024 is to transition TikTok as the only platform you need on your phone. Uh you have your content Period. there, you have your <laughs> yes. search bar. So, hey, how to make a tortellini soup? Okay, I'm gonna go to TikTok rather than going to Google on that. Um and then finally, you know, the, the the third step is, and the final step is, okay, I've learned how to make my soup. Now I can just go to TikTok Shop, uh, and purchase the ingredients or purchase, Absolutely. you know, the cookbook or whatever that is to 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 do this. So we have a a, a creator who uh, has a pad business, and he was previously on Amazon, and this year I think he's seen a twelve hundred percent increase in sales. Just from moving uh, to TikTok Shop, um, oh so he my gosh. his videos about the mouse pads, um, and you know TikTok Shop provides discounts. They provide promo codes. They do um, everything in house. So wow. uh, it's a really, really exciting opportunity for creators who are uh, have their own products, but not only that, um, you know, have products that they love uh, that they would like to sell, similar to an Amazon Marketplace um and what we are doing is uh we are partnering with um you know TikTok to provide exclusive discounts and you know agency benefits for our creators mm. so there's a whole program around it um and you know I can't dive too much into our relationship yep. with them but essentially it's allowing our creators to operate at a higher level with bigger discounts and bigger margins um, through, through TikTok shop, uh, as well as working with TikTok to, you know, increase their brand awareness and and availability for the shop through our talent. All I can say is, is it's going to be, you know, a crazy ride and the rocket ship has just taken off. Um, so if any creator or, uh, agency is listening to this, like make sure to at least educate yourself on TikTok shop, Go buy something on TikTok Shop just so you know how it operates, um, yep. because uh, it will be, uh, you know, a big uh, pillar of you know the social media landscape in 2024.
0: What advice would you give to any agent or marketer hoping to succeed with influencer strategies going into the new year?
1: This is something I've stand stood by for for the longest time. Let creators create. Uh, There are too many briefs out there that are, you know, 15, 20 pages, too many red tapes and red lines for influencers. And ultimately uh, too many conversations I have where a brand asks for one thing, influencers deliver, and then they change their mind. Um, It infuriates me when, you know, that then when brands, want to work with creators and and influencers, but then don't allow them to, you know, do their actual jobs. Uh, it's like, you know, hiring an NBA player to go play hockey. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so my suggestion is to, if you're an agency, if you're a marketing agency or an ad agency, coach the brand and build the trust with the brand to say, hey, you trust us. We want to use this creator for this reason. And uh, if you are a brand, take a breath. They're not going to sewer your brand. Uh, they just want to create really good content that aligns with their audiences. So you know, give them some rope, give them some leeway. And by far and away, the best and most successful campaigns we've ever run in terms of KPIs, you know, uh, budgets, And ultimately, just, you know, uh, stress uh, has been ones that, you know, the brand says, here's three page brief, here's what you are required to, uh, you know, include in your post, but otherwise, you are the creator, we are the brand, we want to see you um, tell the story of our brand in in your own way. Um, And by far and away, that's, that's the best way to do it. So Um, I know, you know, ad agencies and and brands have uh, briefs and, you know, campaign goals and ultimately uh, a structure that needs to be followed. But in any scenario where you can give a creator more space to work, the better the content is going to be.
0: That makes perfect sense. It's really sound advice. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Influence today. It was super wonderful to have you here We talked about so many different topics, some very light, some much more serious, uh, and all very interesting. Remember that with every episode, we bring you the minds and voices leading the charge in the influencer marketing world, helping you stay ahead in the rapidly changing landscape. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. And follow us on social media at PowderGG on Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube for more updates and behind-the-scenes content. And read if someone wants to find you or Bad Moon, where can they find you guys?
1: You can find me on LinkedIn, read Trimble, T-R-I-M-B-L-E, uh, on Twitter at Trimbits, and then Bad Moon um, across social media at Bad Moon Talent.
0: Thank you for joining us and uh, have a great day.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.